That nickname goes all the way back to one of Jesus' 12 disciples called Thomas, and he usually comes off pretty well in John's Gospel story. Two weeks ago here, Pastor Hayes spoke about Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, who died. Jesus, knowing the religious leaders are out to kill him, goes to Jerusalem anyway to raise Lazarus from the dead. Thomas boldly says, let us also go that we might die with him. Wow. Just before his death on the cross, Jesus tells his disciples he's going to go away to prepare a place for them. Thomas interrupts Jesus and says, Lord, we don't even know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. A few days later, the crucified, dead, and buried Jesus appeared alive to women at his now empty tomb. And then later on that first Easter Sunday evening, to ten of the disciples fearfully gathered in a locked room. Thomas wasn't there. When he arrives, he lays out his rules. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my finger where the nails were, put my hand into his side, I refuse to believe Jesus is alive. So that nickname, Doubting Thomas, really understates the case dramatically. He is actually unbelieving Thomas and very adamant about it. Instead of insisting seeing is believing... Thomas kind of turns that phrase around and declares not seeing means not believing. And that's the attitude of most people, right? Unless we see something for ourselves on TV or YouTube, we're simply not going to believe it's actually true. But then, as now, Jesus shows remarkable patience with unbelieving people. A week later, Jesus appears again to his disciples, Thomas included, and Jesus says, okay, Thomas, whatever it takes, go ahead. I'll let you do it. Put your finger here. Put your hand up my side. And then Jesus challenges Thomas. In Greek, he really says, Thomas, stop being so unbelieving. That is, without faith. Instead, believe. And if seeing is believing, then even Thomas finally gets it. He falls at Jesus' feet and declares, My Lord and my God. Jesus replies, Blessed are you because you have seen me, but really blessed those who have not seen and yet have believed. So what about you? Do you insist that seeing is believing? Are you like Thomas at first? Not seeing means not believing. Or are you among those who have not seen Jesus but yet have believed and are so blessed by him? I hope you take some time to ponder your answer. And the Christian faith then goes on to assert that Believing is actually seeing. As Thomas came to realize, believing in a living Lord Jesus means seeing things from God's perspective, seeing things as they really are. Believing is seeing. That's your line 
Whenever I point out to you, say it. Here's the first one for practice. Ready? That's it. That means the wonderful world around us provides evidence for the existence of a powerful God who created it and who daily provides for us in it. Recognizes that all the problems in this world are the result of a broken relationship between Creator and His creation. Bad things do not happen simply because of poor economic conditions, improper education, and bad role models. They happen because of our spiritual blindness and our sinful rebellion against God. A few years ago now, an elementary school class was asked to write a paper on the most important living person. A number of students came back with such cultural icons as Kobe Bryant and Madonna. The teacher was greatly surprised by one student. His paper was on Jesus. Why? You say it. So, cut to the chase. How do you see yourself? Is your identity based simply on what you see in the mirror? On your own self-assessment and feelings day to day? Or is it based on how other people see you? Jesus comes and invites you to see yourself as God sees you. We sang some great lyrics by Hillsong earlier, which asked, Who am I? that the highest king would welcome me. I was lost, but he brought me in, oh, his love for me. And the rest of that song goes on to describe the identity of everyone like Thomas and like us who believes in a living Lord Jesus. This is who we are. I am chosen, not forsaken. God, I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Who the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God, yes, I am. And in my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God, yes, I am. Father, I am who you say I am. Exactly. And let's be clear, unbelief, like Thomas at first, is one thing. It's an out-and-out rejection of Jesus refusing to believe or accept that he's alive and what he says and does. But having doubts in the midst of faith is something else. I'll admit it, I'm often doubting Michael. And it's not unusual to struggle with faith in Jesus, to wrestle with God even like Jacob did in the Old Testament, to wonder about things we don't understand in life like Job, And Romans says this about a great man of faith called Abraham. Amidst his doubts and his mistakes, he did not waver into unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave all the glory to God. So this doubting Michael often admits what someone else once said to Jesus. Lord, I believe. Help my Unbelief. Your line, that's good. Believing is seeing. It means that what happens in life day to day is not under the control of some blind fate, but under the watchful eyes of a loving and merciful Father. Believing in a living Jesus means seeing career choices, family choices, 
not simply in terms of making money, having a nice home life, and finding personal fulfillment. Instead, we're called to ask, what are the ways I can serve others in the name of Jesus, who came not to be served, but to serve, and who gave his life as a ransom for many? One last time, the end of our existence here and even the physical death of our loved ones in Christ as nothing more than the gate to life eternal with him who rose from the dead to conquer death for us. Billy Graham put it this way. Someday you will read or hear that Billy Graham is dead. Don't believe a word of it. I shall be more alive than I am now. I will just have changed my address. I will have gone into the presence of God. And that became his reality just a couple weeks ago. You see, that's the abundant life Jesus came to give. Even amidst our doubts, it's possible to look at life in those seven ways. Why? Because we've journeyed through John's gospel this Lent together because we've heard of Jesus' own words and deeds, because we've again celebrated Jesus' death, yes, but also and especially his resurrection. Christ is risen! You know, John, who wrote this gospel, would be a good Concordia student. He knows how to write a paper with a clear thesis statement. He just puts it at the end of his story. Let's read it together. These things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. So, seeing is believing? Sometimes. Not seeing means not believing? I hope not. Believing Jesus lives without physically seeing him. Blessed. And then your faith leads you to look at your life as God does. And even when you have doubts, Jesus promises, blessed are you who have not seen and yet have believed, believe that Jesus is the Christ, the living Son of the living God, for you truly have life now and abundantly and eternally, all in his name. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for those who do not believe in Jesus. Through your written word, as well as our spoken, shared, and sung words about him, may your spirit move them to believe even without seeing. For those of us who do believe, do not let our doubts cause us to waver into unbelief. Instead, may these words from 1 Peter always be true of us. Though we do not see Jesus, we continue to love him. Though we do not see him now, we still believe in him. And then empower us to live that newness of life to which he calls us and fill us with that glorious joy which our faith receives. Salvation now, salvation always. In the name of the living Lord Jesus. Amen.